It's a Spotlight Extra today on KRWC. Teresa McNamee is our guest with Rivers of Hope. Teresa is the executive director of the uh, organization. We've chatted with her before, and uh, we bring her back today to uh, talk about a big event that's coming up. But uh, we'll uh, bring her in just for a little visit about Rivers of Hope in general. Welcome back. Thank you, Tim. It's so good to be back again. It's, it's nice to always talk with you. We're kind of getting back to normal here a little bit. I know last year the um, the events of uh, the whole COVID situation kind of threw a wrench into a little things for a lot of organizations, including Rivers of Hope. And uh, the walk, I'm, I don't remember, was it able to be held or in some type of a virtual uh, sense last year? We actually did have the walk, and we had over 100 participants again last year, and it was all virtual. So yeah. we had people show up in person just to pick up their their um, T-shirts and their promotional materials, but then they did it in their home neighborhoods or in their communities, and we even had some people do some things out of state that that registered. So we we had a very successful event virtually last year. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good because, uh, you know, a lot of organizations tried to do something and, you know, saw varied success with it, but uh, it's good to know that, that folks came through for you. Yeah, and it really actually added to some awareness building because people sent in their pictures where they were walking and and really promoted Rivers of Hope in a lot of interesting ways. And so um, it was great for social media and to get visuals out there of people spreading the word about our organization and the work we do. Sure. Let's review a few um, updates about Rivers of Hope in general here before we get into uh, the walk, and then we'll get more specifics on that. So Rivers of Hope is a advocacy organization that serves uh, Wright County and Sherburne County. Um, our mission is to provide a community-coordinated response to end family violence through advocacy, education, and interagency collaboration. We primarily work with um, victim survivors, both adults and youth, children and youth, and we do that through two different programs, our adult program and our youth program, that focuses on safety, basic needs, crisis interventions, and um, civil and legal advocacy support for individuals who are experiencing domestic and family violence. Um, we also work with teenagers that are experiencing teen dating violence. And our youth program works primarily in the schools, but due to COVID, we've also done some virtual meetings with youth. And our adult team, over the last year, we've primarily been doing remote work, but um, over the phone and in email and going to court over Zoom. Um, but we're starting to ease back into more in-person work, including in-person trials and, and court advocacy. Um, over the last year, from 2019 to 2020, through the calendar years, we actually saw a 20% increase in um, overall clients. But what we're also seeing that is a little bit more um, identifying of what our current needs are is that our month-to-month -month contacts have increased by over 50%, which shows a level of intensity of cases and violence that we're seeing in the communities, um, as well as mental health needs and emergency support. Um, we served just over 720 individuals directly last year in 2020, and probably over another 500 in just doing outreach and, and overall support um, to share what we do and our information about the criminal justice process. And is that also an increase? I would say yes. That's um, that's some data that we haven't clearly 
um, pulled out from client information, but um, I would say that that's, that's an increase. We are seeing, um, as we do more outreach into the community through events like this walk event coming up in, in our social media campaigns, um, we are seeing increases as people become more aware of our services. So overall, just in general, more, more opportunities to serve. Sure. And, you know, Rivers of Hope has been around for a while, but it's kind of a, a, an organization that's ever-evolving and kind of changing to, to meet the needs that, that you're seeing. And uh, if one of those needs is uh, an increase for services or need for increase, that's, that's kind of what you're here to, uh, to try to establish. Correct. Yes. Um, I mean, I think the needs, it's really hard to identify really how um, prevalent domestic and family violence is in our communities because it's been known as a private matter for so many years. Our founder, Don Moyer, over 30 years ago, in talking with her a couple of years ago, she, she mentioned that that's why she started Rivers of Hope is because she wanted to bring awareness of the issues facing children in particular in her schools um, the issues facing children in their homes um, because it was so private. She wanted to bring that into the, the public sector and, and, and talk about it in the communities because these children needed support and, and um, resources. And we're still seeing that privacy be a, a factor and some challenges of um, people just not really knowing that it's happening in our communities. Um, you know, a lot of uh, statistics around domestic and family violence is related to police reports, and that's not always um, how we get involved with families, um, with individuals. It's not always from a police report. It's um, when they know about us and know that we are here to advocate and be their voice, they reach out to, the, to us on our own. Um, and then with the youth program, we have we get a lot of referrals from school personnel, teachers, counselors, social workers, as well as even child protection workers that see the challenges that are facing children and youth um, witnessing domestic violence in their homes and, and wanting to get them resources through youth advocacy. I would imagine that that's kind of almost uh, having people reach out to you as the preferred method because if it uh, comes to you or is referred to you through uh, a police report, sometimes uh, something has already happened by that point. Correct. And in a lot of our outreach with law enforcement um, agencies in the communities, because we work really closely with all of the police departments and sheriff's departments in both Wright and Sherburne counties, um, in talking with them, you know, by statute, they send us arrest reports, but we've encouraged them to send um, reports that don't include a, an arrest, and, and that um, helps us to do that outreach um, when there's an incident that that we can maybe um, provide more information about the, the victim survivor's rights and their ability to kind of have an advocate be involved and help support them through the system and, and know what their, their options are around safety planning and, and consider ways to, to protect themselves if they can um, and, and what options um, are available for that protection. Um, oftentimes, on average, um, it takes six, six incidences to possibly um, leave an abusive relationship. And while we don't always um, advocate for someone to leave that relationship specifically, we start with where they're at and support them with what, what they might need. Um, we do want to try and intervene earlier so they have an understanding of, of safety planning and resources that could be um, available to them that they may not be aware of until it's, it's possibly too late. 
Teresa McNamee is our guest uh, with Rivers of Hope. And uh, primarily, one of our functions here today is to uh, draw some attention to a big event that you've got coming up. Uh, this is the uh, Walk for Hope. We kind of talked about it a little bit at the very beginning, but let's bring folks up to date on how this year's event is going to look. It's uh, coming up next uh, Thursday, right? Correct. It's August 5th. Um, we will be having our kickoff event at Ellison Park in, here in Monticello. Um, and it starts at 5 p.m. Um, with kind of announcements and gathering, and then the walk itself will be at 6. Um, we'll be doing um, some activities, have some, it's a family-friendly fen- event, activities and food. Um, we'll have a bounce house um, and, and be able just to kind of have a gathering and, and celebrate families um, and raise awareness around the specific part of our mission around family violence. Um, we have seen a significant impact over the last year on children and youth, um, and um, particularly with schools being closed and um, the dangers of, of family violence um, when there's not other eyes on children outside of the home. Um, we've seen some significant needs there. So we want to raise awareness around what Rivers of Hope does for children and families overall. And this event is is to to bring awareness to that. And so um, we're encouraging people to bring your whole family um, and enjoy some food and activities. In the past, we've done um, a different type of event that that focused on our our mission and services around domestic violence. And this year, with all of these needs, we've we've created this inaugural event called Walk for Hope, and it's to focus on to end family violence. And again, uh, this event is in Monticello at Ellison Park, but I'm reading here that you also have uh, kind of a simultaneous event in Elk River, too. Yes, there will be an event. The plans haven't been finalized for that quite yet, but there will be a satellite event there um, arranged with um, the Elk River Lions Club, which is a significant supporter of our programs here at Rivers of Hope. Um, they are um, actually celebrating and memorializing um, the loss of Autumn Hollow. Um, she was an eight, is an eight-year-old girl who died last year as a result of family violence, and um, they're they're honoring her in Elk River. And so um, they'll be posting more information about that event, and we'll get that out over social media as that becomes finalized. So to emphasize, this is open to anyone and everyone just um, as a a good family event and one to uh, hopefully maybe uh, kind of bring some positive awareness and just uh, to generally maybe change the feel a little bit and and bring that awareness to a, a different kind of a place. Correct. Yes. Um, you know, we've we've had the the walk events for Rivers of Hope the last couple of years. You know. Um, right on 25 in Monticello, and we decided to go to the park this time, um, just knowing that people have missed gathering and being around others. And, you know, the, there's a great playground in Ellison Park, and we're basically doing an out-and-back mile walk um, along the river, um, that neighborhood. And so um, we're excited just to be able to have people come together again. Um, we are offering a virtual option, too, if people aren't able to make it to that um, kickoff event that night, that if they want to do a virtual walk again, um, we're keeping it open until August 8th. And all that information is available on our website, as well as our Eventbrite page for this event. Uh, Talk about sponsors and what your needs are there. Uh, We have actually been really blessed with sponsors this year. 
um, and and we're thankful. Um, we've tripled at least our sponsorship. Um, we have um, a number of of gold level sponsors, our highest level, um, and and um, even some new sponsors for for this event. Um, I mentioned the Elk River Lions Club. We have a couple different Lions Clubs, Monticello, um, Becker, Big Lake. They they support us in a lot of different ways. Um, and then we have businesses throughout Sherburne and Wright County being supportive. So um, sponsorships are looking great this year. We still are taking them. Um, we did already order T-shirts and, and have some promotional t materials available. But if people are interested in sponsoring, um, we are still taking that um, It'll just it'll be sponsored through social media or um, advertised through social media and um, at the event if people become sponsors between now and the event. Lastly, before we go, uh, Teresa, maybe just a minute or two about your uh, the members of your organization as far as whether they're volunteers or staff. Uh, give a little shout out to them and and some of the things they do. Sure. So we are currently a staff of, of 10 people. We have um, advocates in both of our programs um, that focus on, um, so we have three advocates in both programs currently, um, and they focus on the direct one-on-one -on -one advocacy. And then we have um, four different ad, uh, admin positions at this time. Um, we do have um, a handful of volunteers. Um, right now we have a couple of interns um, from human services and social work programs um, that are with us this summer, and we hope to have more in the fall. And then we have a couple of just community members who volunteer on our crisis line. So um, a lot of our staff and volunteers um, are are trained through us internally or even external um, training through social work programs or counseling programs um, to better um, understand kind of the impact of trauma and kind of relationships and, and human services and human relationships in general. And um, they have a lot of experience and a wealth of knowledge um, being brought to serving victim survivors in the community. Very good. And we certainly uh, salute you and uh, them for all of the work that you do here in and around the Bryant County area. Uh, before we go, one more time about the Walk for Hope. Give us the, you know, the who's, what's, when's, where's, why's coming up uh, next week. Sure. So the Walk for Hope, it's a walk to end family violence. It is August 5th. We start um, the event at 5 p.m. The walk will start at 6. We will have activities for the whole family, including um, a playground access, bounce house, games, and food. Um, you're welcome to join us that night, but if you're not available to do that, we have the virtual event that goes on until August 8th. And if you want more information, you can look at our website at riversofhope.org, or you can call 763-295-3433. And if they go to your website, there's also places to click there to to get to the registration as well. Correct. Yep. Registration is through Eventbrite, so the link will take you to a separate page for that. Perfect. Well, we hope it's a great event for you. We'll keep our fingers crossed here for good weather, and uh, we hope that uh, a lot of uh, much-needed funds and other information is passed along and funds are raised, and a uh, good event for all. We hope so, too. Weather has not been on our side the last couple of years, so we're hoping that um, we can at least have some some breeze and some sun that isn't too too warm. Yeah. <laughs> so. Teresa McNamee is Executive Director of Rivers of Hope, headquartered in Monticello, but serving uh, the whole region, including our Wright County area. 
Thanks again for your time, and uh, we'll talk with you again in the future, and uh, hope the Walk for Hope is a real good one. Thank you so much, Tim. And again, I appreciate being able to talk with you about our events and, and being able to, to share what we've been doing. And there's today's Spotlight Extra on KRWC.